snatched it out of my hand, drove away, and gave me a wave. <laughs> so I drove away. I gave you a wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you, Timbo. Got your phone. Thank you. Hopefully, we can crack into it and rob you of everything you've ever owned. But- James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. G'day, everyone, and welcome back to episode 58 of Freedom Ocean. I am Timbo Reed. Right there, fresh back from the Philippines, is James Shramko. I'm actually fresh back from Vietnam. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. And I actually uh, brought my iPhone back from holidays. How about you? Haha. <laughs> Oh, gee, you've gone straight for the jugular. You have well, gone straight for the jugular. I was looking at my Facebook, as you do. Yeah, as you do. I saw your, you had your Good Morning Vietnam post, which is great. <laughs> yeah, a funny. A few little tasty treats. Yeah, you fertilized no, duck eggs. They didn't nice. look quite as nice as the burger we had on our last episode. No, no, it uh, didn't. However, were you on the phone when they grabbed it? What happened? Okay, so what happened was... I was in Vietnam giving a talk for an Australian bank, finished that, tagged some days on to have a bit of fun and standing on the side of the street one day, looking down at my iPhone 5 in the Google Maps and these two young boys on a motorbike came along, stopped in front of me, snatched it out of my hand, drove away and gave me a wave. (laughs) As so I drove away. They gave you a wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you, Timbo. Got your phone. Thank you. Hopefully, we can crack into it and rob you of everything you've ever owned. But, um, mate, that was um, look interesting lesson here. Bringing it back to the whole world of business and online and all that type of stuff is just how secure is all our data? Because I, you know, you know what that night it was. A, it happened about seven o'clock one night, and I was heading off to dinner with, help me with names here, Dan and Ian from Internet Lifestyle Podcast. Lifestyle Business Podcast. Lifestyle Business. I was I was heading off to meet them at a restaurant and all of a sudden Timbo's phone's gone, the address of where I'm meeting them's gone and I had to go back to the hotel room and spend about an hour and a half, two hours changing passwords, oh, blocking the phone, just, you know, just doing stuff. And what really, I mean, look, it's a phone, you know, easily replaceable. No worries, but it was the pain of changing all that. They had immediately started to try and hack into certain accounts because I was getting emails saying someone's trying to hack into your account. So I got through that. I use LastPass on my computer. So like it's the last yep. password you ever need. Yep. And I hadn't installed it on my iPhone. And uh, that would have been so much easier, James. So tell me, Timbo, does your phone sort of automatically turn on the password after a minute or so? Uh, it does now. Oh, no, so you didn't. It was just open <laughs> no. access, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, open access. Oh, if I leave mine for just a minute, it goes I to know. the password. I know. I know. I'm a trusting fellow. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I see a motorbike, I go and put my phone under my pillow. Uh, um, crazy place. Hey, um, just an interesting lesson. For, so, look, uh, clearly just get your passwords in order and probably, I don't know, do you use LastPass or do you use um, one, pass, one Password? I use one password on my Mac, 
the team use LastPass, yeah, and we used to use PassPack, right? So we've just kept the other one that's popular is RoboForm. Mm. Now I also don't use the same password on anything, mm. so I have different levels of passwords. Yeah, there's passwords that only I know. There's some passwords that the team know, but most of them are in LastPass. Is any anything you use? Does anything you use have the password Timbo? Nothing. Oh, give me something. <laughs> give me something. <laughs> Hey, um, I'll give you a marketing lesson from you've been you've just been in a crazy Asian Asian country, and so have I. Yep. And it is crazy. It is a completely, it's mind blowing. I mean, I personally, you probably got a sense of my Facebook updates whilst I was there. I, I mean, it, it's just eye opening. One of the things that I found really just doesn't work for me is too much choice. You know, mm-hmm. I had to go in and you know buy the kids presents. And you go into these shops, you know, it might be a T-shirt shop or whatever it is, and there's just lots of everything. And I just find that whole concept of offering lots very – it doesn't help the consumer, you know? No. Well, there's even a name for it from the, the testing. There's this famous jam test and I think it's called the paradox of choice. Mm-hmm. And that is that if you have – too many choices, we just sort of lock up and we just end up saying, ah, screw it, I'll just do nothing. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely do. And uh, that jam test is a ripper. They started off, it was a jam manufacturer at end of a supermarket aisle, thought they'd be really cool and, you know, they'd be pleased everyone by having 24 flavours of jam and, re- and then they realised they weren't getting any sales. They weren't just selling anything and anyway – through a process of elimination and reducing the number of flavors, I think the optimal sales came from three flavors. Yeah, well, just limit it down. I had the same thing at the hotel that I was staying at in the Philippines. The buffet breakfast was incredible. They had like the pastries <laughs> yes, table and yeah. the sushi table because they oh, cater for God. the Asian customers from Japan and Korea and China and, and then the yeah. miso soups and the noodles. And then they had the traditional stuff all the way through the meats yeah. and the, the cold meats, the hot meats, the salads, the, the omelets. Like, How good is it? Hold my legs, I'm going in. That was <laughs> I saw you said that. <laughs> And now I've I've been away for three weeks and I've just weighed back in and I've only put on about half a kilo and it's probably just from swelling up in the aeroplane. Yeah, right. I'm proud of that. So I've I've kept myself under control. I found a good routine while I was away. It was drink water, have coffee with no milk, and have and sort of do semi fasting. I was having a pretty reasonable breakfast, but most days I only ate one other meal. Sometimes just a very light evening snack jeez i didn't that said <laughs> that said um i didn't actually um i was pretty good i, I actually got by the end i came, i've come home sick got the old belly and yep. uh was a bit crook in the plane and the last few days um has, haven't been overly well but um i just think it's all the walking and sweating you do in a country like um I, vietnam or no i think i've i've figured it out now it's dehydration yeah yeah. When you go to somewhere like that, you just got to keep drinking until you need to go to the toilet. And if you don't, you will dehydrate. And the first signs are you get stomach cramps and then diarrhea. And, you know, it took me a couple of trips to figure it out. I thought it was the water or whatever. It was just not drinking enough. And yeah. I actually get these little sachets that I put in my water bottle. Electrolytes. Yep. And I just go on those for the whole time I'm away. I haven't been sick for the last three or four trips now. Mm. Well, I I eat off the streets, not literally off the streets, but you know, like I grabbed a roll of Vietnamese yeah. roll. Oh, mate, I was out in the province, sitting out in someone's <laughs> kubo, eating the local um, 
a chicken dobo and pork belly made on the little hibachi and the local beer. It was amazing. Give you a um, – just as bringing this back to business because first-time listeners have all just turned off going, these yeah, places they've talk gone. about their travel. Um, <laughs> yeah. But there are lessons everywhere, mate. And one of the things that I did while I was there, in fact – just interesting to see the power of, of social media and we had that social media discussion last episode and just that whole, you know, other people's opinions are possibly the most important aspect of much of our marketing. You know, people say word of mouth, but I tend to think that word of mouth is um, the result of great marketing. I had three or four days on the back end of my talk in Ho Chi Minh and never been there before, didn't know what to do. Didn't have a plan. So two days from leaving, I put on TripAdvisor the question, what are some cool things to do in Ho Chi Minh? I'm not into war. So because there's a lot of war stuff there you can do. So got about 18 responses and was put in touch. One of the one of the ones that kept on coming back was a company called, I said I was into food. You know, I was really interested in Vietnamese food. So a lot of people came back and said, you've got to do this thing called XO Tours. And this is where it gets really interesting because here's a little small business in Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh City, who have cranked it, who are cranking it on Google. And so here's the process. And feel free to interrupt at any point, James. So uh, I get recommended on TripAdvisor, XO Tours. Cool. I go and Google. The first thing I do, I thought, what I'll do is Google food tour Ho Chi Minh City and see who comes up. Uh, beyond TripAdvisor, they're the first ones, XO Tours. I'm thinking they're pretty good. I go to their website. It's a website that just tells you what you need to know, right? No puffery. It just has the packages. It has some testimonials, which I think is really important when you're going into a foreign city. It had the ability to pay online. It had some. Uh, it had a nine-minute YouTube tour, YouTube video. Went and checked out their YouTube. Went and checked out their Facebook. An incredibly social social business this was. I then was able to book online and pay via PayPal. I got a confirmation email immediately and then a follow-up manual email from the owner within four hours. They had an add-on, which I love. Um, It was on the back. These food tours are on the back of um, a bike. So you hop on the back of a motorbike with a traditional, a girl wearing traditional Vietnamese costume or uh, traditional Vietnamese, is that what you say? Costume, dress, whatever. Yep. You hop on the back of a bike and they take you around, and you had the option of having someone follow you with a video camera, extra 30 bucks, so nice little value add. Do they also catch phone thieves? They don't. <laughs> they don't. But but at that point in time, I had my phone, and uh, boy, oh, boy, I was looking out for the bloke, but as if I was going to fight. It's a city of 11 million people. That that phone's gone. And, the, you know, the whole experience, um, following the tour, they asked us to um, leave a comment on TripAdvisor. They sent us a feedback form. Just a good experience, you know. And sometimes it's not brain surgery, is it? No. It's just it's simple. Just give people what they want. Hey, can I oh, – you know what? We haven't mm-hmm. planned this episode, but, God, that's a good segue into what you into what I want to talk about. Oh, what are we talking about, well, by the way? Well, we're into it. We're already into it. We're talking about okay. things that will help improve people's business, particularly online. But yep. Yep. coming home in the plane, I'm reading Forbes Asia, you know, mm-hmm. that fancy magazine. Mm-hmm. And the lead article is Billionaires, the names, the numbers, and the stories behind the 1,426 who steer vast enterprises, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm going, gee, that'd be interesting. 1,400 billionaires in the world. So I turned to the editorial page, and the editor, who is Steve Forbes, 
The headline is, they succeed by meeting our needs. That's it. Hey? Well, not, not brain surgery. It's not really. It's not. <laughs> and I see people complicating this all the time. Yep. Well, we can be good at that. I'll put my hand up for doing that sometimes. I saw a sign just before. I was out getting a coffee and it said, uh, children eat for free. I'm thinking that that's, that's really good for parents. Yeah. How, Here we go. Disclaimer. What's the disclaimer? No disclaimer. Between 5.30 and 6.30 p.m., child's meal free with every adult meal purchased. Yeah. Right. So if you've got kids and you want to go to a little coffee shop in the afternoon after the school pickup, this becomes attractive. And this is not that far from the local school and there's many, many other coffee shops in the area. Uh-huh. In fact, you and I have had a coffee at this coffee shop. Oh, that fancy one. Yeah. I think that's clever. I think it's really clever. I've never seen that before. Give them what they want. Yeah. Mums with kids. Do you know one of the billionaires listed in this 1,426 list? The bloke who's invented GoPro. Well, that that is just hot, hot, hot. I see GoPro now in stock oh. again signs everywhere around Manly. They, they, they sell out. Apparently, there's a really hard to get supply. Wow. Mate, is he rocking it or what? Do you think it's because I put my GoPro archery video up yeah, on I one do. of the previous I do. episodes? I, I, Most likely, it's, and more than likely, that's the reason. Has he made contact with you? I'm just trying to find what his name is. <laughs> uh, Nick Woodman. Nick Woodman. There's a oh, Nick Woodman. Let me. See. No, I, I don't think he's contacted me yet. It's interesting because he's it's just a matter of time. Well, there's a photo of him hanging out of a biplane with all these GoPros mounted, and he's wearing a Fast Web Formula Four T-shirt. I can't figure that out. But <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? I was actually at the mall last trip to Manila and there was this guy there with a Fast Web Formula 3 T-shirt and I don't know who he is. It just, just randomly someone in the crowd had did one of the T-shirts from my event on. Did you go up to him and say, do you know who I am? I didn't. I didn't. I thought <sighs> if it was you, you would. I yeah. actually had someone yeah. with me from, from the team. I said, who is that? And she said, I, I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you might have bought it at an opportunity shop, James. Thrift shop. It's out there. It's out there, folks. But how's that? Uh, Thirty. I think Nick Woodman, he, I think he's 32. He deserves it. I've got a GoPro. They're fantastic. Do you use your GoPro for your marketing videos or you just use it for leisure? Mostly leisure. I've, I've seen a nice uh, video that Pat Flynn did of throwing his GoPro in the air and back and put it on slow-mo. Oh, yeah. I've done some GoPro of archery and also the, the classic one is the remote control car. We've strapped it to the top of the, the remote control car and I've got a whole range of uh, crashes and, and um, experiments that we did with that one. You crazy guy. I'm also looking to have GoPro around Manly Dam on my dirt bike, on my mountain bike to see how that looks. One of my boys wanted one for Christmas from Santa. <laughs> no, uh, we've had that discussion. And I just thought... You're just going to end up with a whole lot of crappy footage that you're never going to do anything with. But that's not much different to a camera and, you know, you can just delete Jeez, it. I sounded like a harsh dad then, didn't I? It is. That's that, what I said to him. I said, Jack. Does he know on, about mate. the Grinch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, he's calling me Scrooge lately, so uh, oh, no. maybe there's something there. But that's interesting, isn't it? You know, give them what they want and um, the rest takes care of itself. And you say we complicate things, and I think you're right. So I think probably the lesson there is two two questions to ask all of us, all our, or every listener: Are you giving your customers what they really, really want, or what you think they want? And is it delivered in a simple, uncomplicated way? 
that that is a great set of questions. One a great exercise to do is to imagine the perfect experience for your customer. And I think our friend Dean Jackson talks about this a fair bit. Dean Jackson hangs out with Joe Polish. But I like that exercise and it was actually that exercise that led me to providing a free website check on my SEO business, which later mm-hmm. turned into a $20 website check and the, the um, stats on that were phenomenal. Uh, I'll be sharing that, that at my event. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is I get exactly the same number of orders even though some people pay for it, but we reduced our number of inquiries significantly. Yeah, right. But with no difference to the number of actual customers. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading a, a pre-release book by Perry Marshall at the moment and it really harps on about the 80-20 rule. And it just goes to show that the, the vast minority of your customers are accounting for the vast majority of your income and it's fractal, which means that very few of your customers are probably generating the most amount of your sales. And it's a matter of just selecting them and uh, he says that sales is a disqualification process, which is almost like weeding out everything you don't want and eliminating that waste and just focusing on the customers who are good and are going to spend the money. And if you think about this, it's everywhere in our business, even with opt-ins and uh, the people who don't opt in or never open your emails are not the ones to worry about. They're the, they're the wasted ones, the ones that, that you're just not resonating with. So... If you can go to an already existing product that you have or an existing service and figure out who's buying it, you'll find that there's probably some of your customers are 10 or 100 times more proactive than the average person on there. So averages are very misleading. Bell curve is ridiculous. He talks about the power curve where the, the people who are talented and the people who are your most avid customers are spending not just like two or three times, they're like 10 or 150 times more powerful. Yeah. yeah, well, you probably have the same customers repeat book you and they would be so much more valuable to you than your little customers. So you could take them out to dinner or to a golf game or send them a, a GoPro as a gift. I was talking about this on um, Small Business Big Marketing the other day too, just the, 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 the wealth that exists in your existing customer base versus chasing new customers. Uh, again, you know, just 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 tapping into or mining or whatever that jargon is that you know, like. I'll tell you how uh, simple this here is. Here we go. When I was in the Philippines last week and I met with my SEO team, I logged into my uh, payments dashboard. I took a screenshot of the top ten customers. And then I just sent them each a personal email from me just saying, hey, what would you like us uh, to, to provide you? You know, What would make the experience better? And most of them hit reply and told me. From that, we've made the majority of our innovations in the, in the last few days that have changed our business. We've changed some price points. We've changed... Uh, how we deliver some of the products. We've even, you know, they've even had some amazing ideas like, you know, can you reverse the ticket order? I'd like to see the most recent jobs first. You know, just simple thing like that that can change your entire business overnight. And these are the most valuable customers. So you pay attention to what they've got to say. Love it, mate. That's a great idea. Screenshot, top 10 customers, call them or email them. What can we do Mm -hmm. better? Or visit them if it's practical. Imagine that face to face. (laughs) Oh, thought it was all virtual. Now, Jimmy, let's move on. We have a question from Chris Hansen, who, by the way, has written this 
I'm expecting. I don't think he's expecting an answer. So I won't read the entire email. Suffice to say that he's pointing the finger at you, James. I hope so. I hope he's, I'm polarizing. Yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. good or bad. Get your back up. Get your <laughs> back up. According to James, hey, already your back's a little bit up, isn't it? A little bit. Little Leading bit. in. Yeah, what? What according to me? According to James, no one should ever start anything unproven unless it's already out there. Which only begs the question, James, how do we move forward and push boundaries if we only wait? Yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Jimmy. Well, you giving the wrong advice? Maybe if it's if it's everyone. I mean, there's still artists out there who want to create stuff, but they they may not yep. be commercial. Maybe I mm-hmm. would qualify that, and I don't know what the original statement was, so we can't assume mm-hmm. that it's enti- yeah, entirely accurate. You, you might never. You might never. No, we could cast a little bit of doubt <laughs> over that. I don't. I'm not going to make that yeah. presumption. But if I said something yeah. along those lines, it would simply be that there's already a lot of money changing hands out there already. So why not just figure out what that is and step in front of the customers? It's it's quite easy to do. I've just been doing an experiment lately. I found a need from a customer because they asked me more than a few times. I found a supplier for that need who has asked me how to market their product and I've just stepped in the middle of it. I get paid. The customer orders from me. I then order supply from my supplier and I make a profit margin. And that's such a simple, mm-hmm. easy business. Rather than have to go and educate everyone in the world about my great product uh, and about about how amazing it is. And I was, wa- I was watching this um, movie on the plane on the way here. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, Must have been uh, the guy's an inventor and he ends up having to take his mum with him. I mean, I'd already watched every other movie on the plane. So I'll give it that caveat. And right. he's basically, you know, wheeling around between Kmart and Costco and are trying to convince them to buy his stuff, you know, and he, he hasn't, he's doing it the hard way. He already had 10,000 bottles with the labels printed sitting at home and he had to then go and try and sell it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I suggest, I would suggest that he, he read the lean startup and work with a minimum viable product. So the best way to know that your product is going to work is you get someone to pay you for it first and then make it. That's that's all I'm saying. If you if you if you want to make money yeah. and if you want to just make things easier for yourself, work with the stuff that people already buy. I think where Chris got that notion that um, where you said um, you should, no one should ever start anything unproven unless it's already out there. I remember in an early episode of Freedom Ocean, we talked about the idea of. Go to Google, key in a keyword related to the business that you want to enter and see how much activity there is around it. See how many AdWords, see how many uh, Google AdWord campaigns there are. And if there's lots, then it's a busy marketplace. There's lots of money changing hands. Go for it. If there's none or very few AdWords, then leave it alone. I don't know, but that's maybe where Chris got that notion from. Yeah, and you could, you know, even inventions and stuff are quite often just a repurposing of things, yeah. like the GoPro. GoPro's I mean, a repurpose. The cameras have been around for a long time. He just made yep. it cool and clever and, and marketed well and, and packaged, and it's a good product. And he's made a lifestyle out of the whole thing. And from memory, they have customers submitting their best GoPro videos, and they use those in their marketing as mm. well. But can I, can I, with Chris, and I won't read Chris, it's quite a long email, but my advice or suggestion chris is very he's got an idea 
and he's very passionate about it. He's very excited about it. And the fact that no one else is doing it is maybe stopping him from actually leaning in and actually just immersing himself in it. But, you know, passion's great. I think passion's a wonderful thing. And without passion, it's hard to move forward. But passion can also be dangerous because when you're passionate, you don't look out for, you know, the, the, the dangers. Yeah. So can become blinded. Yeah. You can become blinded to, you know, you can put a lot of time and resource into stuff that's never going to get you anywhere. So the main thing to ask first is what is the point? If the point is maximum commercial profitability with the minimum effort, then it won't tick that box. You'd have to be lucky for it to work that way. However, if the point is you are just mad keen about this thing, you want to do it anyway and you won't sleep until you know whether it's viable or not, and you just have to do it, then nothing we say is going to stop him. I, I think mm. from memory he was feeling down about it. And Very. I said, look, don't feel sad. Um, in fact, the idea that he suggested, there are already people doing that. I've even visited a shop in France that has what he's talking mm. about selling. And so it's already in play. So what what it actually is a case of, he hasn't mm-hmm. done enough research I remember yet. coming across a guy uh, who actually wanted to be interviewed by me. He'd come up with an idea which was pretty simple. And the way he got it to market was this. The idea was that at a point in time, he wanted to open up a bottle of beer, didn't have a bottle opener. He had an iPhone with an iPhone case on it. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a bottle opener embedded into the iPhone case? So what he did was the first thing he did was he went onto his Facebook and asked, "Would you? do you think this is a good idea? Which, yeah, sometimes, is, I mean, why not? Give it a go. But don't lay your entire decision based on whether people say yes or no. In this case... He got a lot of traction pretty quickly where people go, yeah, hell yeah. Man, how many times do I have a beer and don't have a bottle opener and have an iPhone? So you go, okay, well, there's something there. So he then went to Alibaba and he found a crowd in China who prototyped the case for 600 bucks. And he went back. So I think in the end, he might have dropped $1,000, right? Um, when, I'd, when he approached me, yep. he had... And, and basically, for 600 bucks, he got his first prototype. He tried it out. The metal kept kept on bending, but by getting by the time he'd spent a thousand bucks, he'd actually at least perfected or got very close to a product that was very functional, worked, looked good, blah blah. So he spent a thousand bucks. He'd got some some nods on Facebook. He then took it to market. By the time he'd approached me, he'd sold ten thousand of these puppies at forty dollars a unit. Wow. Well, I suggested to Chris to go and check out Kickstarter. Yep. And that's a that's a place where you can help get funding from other people. Did you respond to his email? Yeah, oh, I did. You're good like that. Oh, I did. I responded you straight away. You are the away. father of Freedom Ocean. Well, no, you're the mother. Uh, I nurture it. I you're like you know, I look after the website and the yeah. post production and stuff. And yeah, I do yeah. respond to every single email. Mother Ocean, Mother Ocean, <laughs> Mother James. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed you've asked someone else to mother hen your LinkedIn group, and I was curious about yeah, that. Yeah. What are you curious? Any takers? Yeah, yeah lots. Well. <laughs> Really, I'm I'm just thinking. Like my first reaction is, well, if so, if you want someone else to look after it, what will you be doing? <laughs> running my forum. like <laughs> running my forum. That's what I'll be doing. Uh, no, look, you know what? It's a good group, and there's some really juicy discussion there. Uh, and I don't want to close it. I have I've I've launched the small business big marketing forum, and it's going well. And there's some great discussion in there. And it's just me. I don't have I don't have a big team, so um, and I, I'm very clever. If anyone wants to know how to spread yourself too thinly, just send an email to freedomotion.com. <laughs> but um, 
<laughs> yeah, the yeah. spread too yeah, thin I'll, episode. I'll, in fact, I'll create a. I think there's a spread there. I might create. A, I might get a package done. It's called the spread too thinly, and it's a. Uh, oh, it'll be a sellout, wouldn't it? Everyone will have T-shirts. We'll have you know. There'll be a whole. Lot, there's a whole lot of merch. We could create a whole lot of merch that would uh, oh, sell go like nuts. We could have a band called the Spread Too Thinlies. Yeah, we could get a celebrity endorsement. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Or we could just stick to selling stuff people are begging to buy. Well, I know there's right now a lot of heads nodding as we talk about the Spread Too Thinlies, but it was a good thing to do. It is a good thing to do. There is good discussion. It does allow me to um, have discussions with people who listen to my other podcast. Um, it's just that, you know, when you do, you, it is only you, you've got to focus on the stuff that generates income and LinkedIn is not one of those things. And now I have a forum that does. It does take up my time because I'm in there every day. And, you know, from what I've seen, as you do build a tribe of people, there are other people who want to become involved, who want to be a part of it, not just from an, um, a listener or reader or watching point of view, but, you know, as, as a, a forum administrator or as someone who, you know, helps do whatever. So, yeah, got a few, got, got probably eight responses and um, have chosen a fellow Craig who's very kindly um, asked me for some KPIs, James. I have to give him some KPIs. That's good. A good a good team member will want to know their KPIs. Correct. Correct. Now, did you have a question for me about our opt-in page? I did, mate. Let's finish on that. So um, okay. we always um, send our listeners off to freedomocean.com at the end of a show, which we are getting close to. And I noticed in going there just before we hit the record button today that you have got a new landing page. The team's whacked up a new landing page using lead pages. Tell yep. us about that. So this is using lead pages, which um, is an opt-in thing that integrates with our, our customer database. And the one that you're seeing shows for first-time visitors to the home page. Once they've visited once, it shouldn't show again. It's called a welcome gate. And the idea is that if they haven't been before, they might want to get onto our list. And we give them a, a bribe, which is that they'll get the PDF transcriptions. We actually transcribe every single episode. So even... Every extra word, someone's typing that extra word. So even as I say extra word, extra word, extra word, it's like just taking someone, someone's just shaking their head yeah, saying correct. stop talking, correct. James. Now, if someone's going directly to a post, like we link to it in an email or if they've already been to this page, they shouldn't see it. Mm -hmm. But on the chance that they do, we've still put a convenience option which is skip this page. If they don't want to put their details, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And we put an appropriate picture to match the theme of our show, which is the, the ocean. an ocean. Mm -hmm. And I know you're dying to ask me the stats, what's yeah, happened yeah. to our stats. So we've had a 43.75% lift in opt-ins in the last uh, – that was, that was the last 30 days versus the 30 days prior. And the last part of that 30 days is when we put this in place mm -hmm. and the, the opt-ins have gone up significantly we could we uh you know we were sort of we're getting about three or four times more opt-ins bottom line so it's worth having for right. us i haven't had haven't had anyone complain about what's it what's the cost of um lead pages no idea whatever it is it's a monthly subscription isn't it i think you can actually buy it i think you buy an annual pro thing I, i'm not sure i honestly when i bought it and i did buy it yeah, okay. i got the the maximum possible one because you know, I've put it across all of my sites and my leads have just gone through the roof. Yeah. 
Uh, it's just got the highest converting pages, and there's, there's a number yeah. of reasons why. I've interviewed Clay Collins many, many times on my other podcast, and I've drilled him about everything down mm. to the fact that these things, you know, that page is actually served from Google's server, so it loads quickly on any device. That's one of the great features about. Why have you interviewed Clay many times? Pareto principle, Timbo. Ah, there it okay, is. So, in action. Right. So, well, look, think about freedom ocean. We t- we're talking all the time, you and I, you and I. We're a good combo. I've had my other podcast. Well, some would say. Others say we banter too much. Yeah, that's right. Today, I'd probably agree. Yeah. But no, the, I reckon the, there's uh, been some. I think. Good stuff I, today. I feel good about this episode. I think. Yeah, we've had tourist travel tips. We've correct. had all sorts of stuff. It does require okay, me so- to find the business lesson in each because you would just go down the trap of, you know, eating chicken in regional oh, Manila. I would. I would. So back to topic. Sorry. <laughs> Why interview the same guy many times? Do you know what the Vietnamese call frog? Frog. Jumping chicken. <laughs> Actually, I did see that. Yo, okay, well, you know what the Filipinos call peanuts? No. I'm not going to say it because if you mispronounce it, it can also mean a female body part. Ooh. So you've got to be very Ooh, careful. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the thing is I went and I look at the analytics for my podcasts. I see the downloads and I actually send you a screenshot of my downloads each week. Mm-hmm. People, they love Clay Collins. They, they listen to those episodes more than the other ones. They buy lead pages every time I interview him. It basically it's very popular with my audience and it's very profitable for me. So I'd rather interview Clay several times than go and find other people who my audience may not have heard of or may not care to listen to as much. Obviously, he's got lots to talk about, but how for how long can you talk about a landing page? Oh, Tim, it's such a fascinating thing. Oh, Jimmy, you love them, don't you? Well, lead capture, like imagine that you can increase your conversions without any change in traffic. I mean, that's what we've just done to our site. But what people don't know is about the split testing of it or the two-step form or what color or what's the most the highest performing call to action. You know, should you skip the page or not? Should Does it change it if you ask for the first name or not? Uh, every time I speak to Clay, there's fascinating insights. I mean, he's just had a 700% increase on his sales page and I asked him about that. So, yeah, I think it's um, – I think he really delivers and the fact is people comment, they ask questions and they download that podcast more than the other guests. So I'll keep having him back until they say, can you stop interviewing this, Clay? <laughs> you get to the like, be like the 10th time you interview him but about lead pages and landing pages. But like, it's kind of like a oh. sub-theme or a recurring loop on my Superfast Business blog is I've, I've yeah. just got interviews with, with Clay and we have – It's like, Clay, so um, what do you reckon? Nine and a half point or 10 point times New Roman? Tell me about no, that. No, no, it's not. It's like, you know, he's got this Facebook thing. You just you can click on like two buttons and push your squeeze page onto Facebook on on your well, on your page. And so Very nice. if you've got a like we have a Freedom Ocean opt-in on freedomotion.com, we should now go and put that on our Freedom Ocean page and it's really just one button. So I'll just that, I'm going to have it done. Right. I want to do that. So did you know about that option? If I said yes, I'd be lying. Ah, see, that's why I interviewed yes. Clay. That was one of the episodes. I <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. Love the name Clay, really. It's a great name. It's a good name. I'm curious <laughs> thinking. I don't know. And did you, did you have good meetups in Vietnam? I did. Uh, I, well, the, the big one that I was really looking forward to was meeting Dan and Ian, and that just didn't happen. Um, so that was disappointing. <gasps> what? Because you lost your phone? Uh, you didn't actually I, get I to meet I lost my them. phone. 
It was about two hours after I went back to my hotel, two hours of stuffing around, cancelling stuff, um, blocking the phone, doing all that type of stuff, and then I was just annoyed. I gave up. I said, I sent Dan a note. I said, uh, Dan, tonight, Ho Chi Minh won. Timbo, none. <laughs> all right, mate. Uh, at the 38 right. or so minute mark, I'm going to look you in the eye and say, I love you like a brother, but that is the end of Freedom Ocean. All episode right. 58. It's been uh, wonderful. Listeners. It has been wonderful. Freedomotion.com. Go and check out that landing page that we are talking about. That can result in multiple interviews if you are a podcaster. And um, keep those voicemails and questions coming. We're going to tackle we'll, – um, we'll tackle at least one in uh, each episode going forward. So at least you and I have got something to talk about, hey? Perfect. Good on you, mate. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 